0: What's happening my Jack family? Coach Scott here, jackedafter40.com and shreddedafter40.com. Welcome to another episode of the Jacked After 40 podcast. I've got an incredible episode coming at you today. You're going to absolutely love this one. Just tons of golden nuggets and insights in today's episode. Joined once again by my coaching client, Aaron Sanchez, who just wrapped up an 11 and a half week cutting phase. We're going to share his overall results, uh, talk a lot about the lessons that he's learned throughout this entire process, how we're going to apply those lessons to his ongoing body transformation, uh, as well as the important topic of is it worth it to get shredded after 40, especially when you have to make some sacrifices along the way. And Aaron's going to share some of those sacrifices that really took a toll on him as of late during the past three weeks. Enjoy this episode. Really looking forward to your feedback. So be sure to drop a comment down below. And if you enjoy this episode, please do me a favor and smash that thumbs up and I'd really appreciate it. All right, Aaron, let's do a little recap of your cutting phase here. So it started on February 20th. So it's been 11 and a half weeks. Uh, You're one day out from your vacation. So one day left the cutting here. And you had, I mean, this is, in my opinion, probably the best cut I've seen you go through where um, you tend to be a little bit slower out of the gates. And it takes a little while to get some momentum going. But here you had good, steady consistent progress for those first two months you lost about so you started your five foot eight um you started off 164 pounds uh this was after a little building phase there and um after two months you consistently nice pretty 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 consistent drop you dropped about 10 pounds and then you you, you dropped. there's one day where you they dropped two pounds you got down to 152 But then you got right back up to 154 and since then so the past three weeks or so you've pretty much been around that 154 pound mark so in total during the past 11 and a half weeks you dropped about 10 pounds uh, but most of that was done in the first eight weeks of this cutting phase Um, really interesting to see how although things were progressing consistently and we didn't change anything that your weight stabilized for the past three weeks or so. Um, so we're going to get into some of the things that you've been experiencing in regards to recovery and all that. But I just want to talk about like what, ask you, like what were some of the learning lessons that you experienced from this cut overall in general compared to previous cutting phases? Um, and I know you've seen this as a success here, but uh, yeah, just curious to hear your your insights from how things have been rolling along.
1: Um, I don't know if it's insights for the other person, Um, but for myself, I think it was um, starting from a place, it's probably one of the first cuts in the past few years where recovery had been in a really good place. Sleep was in a good place. Stress levels were in a good place. Um, I wasn't trying to cut around any crazy events where... So in other words, my life was pretty stable and was going to be fairly stable. I think that's probably just the gist of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think there was any magic formula to anything. My mindset, I think my body was just in a better place physically, just physically um, in a better place where things had been consistent and I was going to have consistency. Um, I wasn't going to have to work around a wedding, birthdays, a holiday, anything like that, honestly.
0: Right. Yeah. If yeah, I that were makes to look huge, back and say that. That makes a huge difference for sure. I think that's why my January mini cut went so well. We're in lockdown here. I basically... Wasn't there's was no chance to meet out, like eat out or, or have any gatherings, any temptations? Like, temptations were a, a bare minimum, so that definitely makes the process um, a lot easier. And uh, to give people a little bit more insight here, so calorie wise, I'd say your maintenance is somewhere between 2,800 3,000 calories. Um, in that range, uh, we're gonna be playing around with that as you get out of this cutting phase and you were consuming 2,200 calories uh, throughout this cutting phase. Pretty good with your macros across the board, um, just over a gram of protein per pound body weight. I think the other advantage of this cutting phase is that you didn't really have a lot to lose. You were already you were starting this in a pretty lean place. It's more or less just to kind of tidy things up and test your limits, get really get to the point where, like we ended that last cutting phase a little bit short because your fat loss did plateau. Um, and we just wanted to get your, get your intake back up again, get you feeling good, get you feeling normal. So that all paid off. I think huge dividends there to start this cutting phase in a really good position there, but very interesting to see how you plateaued there and data that you shared with me recently. I know I've had you on the podcast a little while ago where we talked about how you're optimizing a lot of things in your life, your sleep, especially, and you had the aura ring to kind of monitor things. And that was really, um, interesting data that, uh, I'll have you share with, uh, with the audience here.
1: Yeah. As I mentioned in before, you know, part of knowing like my body was in a better place is, you know, per my aura ring, I was averaging, let's just say like my HRV, my recovery score was consistently upper eighties, low nineties. I would even hit mid nineties, um, with sleep scores generally in the upper eighties and low nineties consistently. And, you know, as the cut went on it, it, I mean, I dropped 20 points in each and just hovered there. Like I was not it didn't matter what I did, however much I focused on sleep, whether I was doing meditation, like nothing I was doing, um, was bumping that back up. And so I think, you know, however you use those metrics, um, it was. I was. It was having an effect. It was having an effect in like playing with me mentally, obviously physically in recovering and or I should say under recovering, never quite recovering, and um, yeah. I mean, I think it started to show and 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 kind of like uh, the process and just like mentally having more days where, you know, caffeine isn't something generally that I have to reach for towards the last few weeks. Like I needed that espresso to get going, or else it just was not going to happen on its own. And then that too, you know, that being said, you know, like needing those extra little things to kind of like push through a workout, like needing slipknot versus uh normal music I would listen to in my day-to-day life and you know it is nice to have that confirmation that those things kind of appear to have gone hand in hand for me
0: right yeah yeah it was very because it is like a lot of people, well, well, first of all, it's very easy. Typically you see a plateau, your deficit wasn't like 2,200 compared to 2,800. It's not like you were in an aggressive deficit. Um, And when you hit that plateau, it's very easy to say, well, just, just eat a little bit less or try to bump up your activity a little bit more to create an even larger deficit. But you were at a point like that's three weeks ago is when you really started to experiencing the more intense cravings, um, just again, you, you felt like you weren't recovering enough and, um, you could really see the toll that, that this was taken. So digging deeper into a cutting phase, I think just would have added even more stress on you. Your body probably would have fought against you. It just didn't make sense at that time, but it's just very interesting to see that like, no matter what you're doing, trying to optimize your lifestyle with sleep, stress management, all that, like recovery was still, I mean, you expect recovery to be a little bit low when you're, in a deficit, especially towards mm-hmm. the end of a calorie deficit. Uh, but really, really interesting to see how, um, just the, the weight kind of stalled at, at that point. And
1: I also think that too, um, uh, the, the weight stalling doesn't necessarily surprise me because as I mentioned, I don't know if it was the last podcast or the one prior to that weekends started to become harder for me and my wife was under more stress and I started to add more treats in. And so my consistency on a day-to-day basis, I was like having to play with calories and like make up one day. And that's not something that I think that was adding to stress. And it was like, where my recovery, I mean, I was hitting, I had some days where I was like hitting in the 60s recovery-wise. Mm-hmm. And like it was dropping 15, 20 points, but it was never going up 15, 20 points. It was consistently in like the the mid to low 70s when it was averaging the upper 80s, low 90s. And so the weight stalling didn't surprise me because again, you know, if, although I was tracking what I was going over, having to like make it up in the few days after I think was just like digging me deeper right. rather than it, Cause that's just not part of the, that's not part of my process. Some people can do that. That's not for me. And then I think, um it was it was just a cycle. It was just a cycle for me. Right. And right. so I don't think I think had I like been able to maintain what I was doing in the beginning, I don't I, you know, I don't know. Maybe I would have got to 152 and I don't know. It's hard to say.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. It's the bottom line is that you put your best effort into this cutting phase. You look freaking awesome um it's wrapping up right now uh let's kind of talk about like cuz some of the conversations we've had recently is just uh it's been why why <laughs> especially like this past 3 weeks has been why am i doing this to myself uh is the sacrifice worth it especially like you're not stepping on stage or anything yeah you got a, a beach vacation coming up that you want to look your best i mean you're starting. (laughs) Most people would love to look at like your starting photos there uh, on a beach vacation, but this is, this is a personal thing if you want to look your best, but, um, what are some of your thoughts on, like, is it worth it at this point to suffer kind of the way that you did the past three weeks in regards to how you were feeling, uh, the hunger you were dealing with, how it impacted your relationship with your family. Um, just shed some light on some of that stuff.
1: Yeah, that's, um, That one's tough because I always, I think it's over the past couple of years, it's like shifted and it's not that I don't care about physique, but I always said that when it started to affect my family, for instance, um, about three years back, right when we moved out to Seattle, so around 2017, um, I'd always said that I never wanted to let, I wanted working out to add to my life and I never wanted it to take away. And I was being stupid for a period of time. And I got a shoulder injury that took about a year to rehab. And like, I couldn't, I couldn't throw, I couldn't catch. And right around that time, it was a like, well, working out isn't adding to your life especially because you were chasing, I was chasing a number on the bench press and I hurt myself and it took a year for me to be able to play catch with my younger son. And so this go around when, especially when I look at like pictures from, you know, when I was even, even up like upper one 50s, 160, but I was eating 800 more calories. Like, no, it wasn't worth it. Like, I don't think I look so different today that it was worth having to eat 800 less calories and plan my days more when we'd go out and do all of that. No, it's not worth it, especially because I'm not stepping on stage and I do this for me. And like no one cares if you have a six pack or not and if somebody cares that you have a six pack or not it's probably not somebody that you should care about because it's a it's a it's it's a personal thing right and so this is almost like the same kind of situation where thankfully I'm not injured thankfully but like my performance is tanked i'm not sleeping i'm having to like Play this mental gymnastics um and again when I look at pictures when I was five or six pounds heavier it's like I don't notice that much difference to justify the mental gymnastics I had to play and so for me um it's more about playing around I think the lesson learned is um in the last little mini phase is getting not getting greedy is, is staying more in, um, in a tighter range, so to speak where calories are high enough. It doesn't matter if I'm going to eat cake or I'm going to drink a beer or drink a beer and eat a cake or you know, we've got a birthday coming up or whatever it is. Um, So, yeah, I mean, especially when you see like you have tangible proof where, again, the aura ring or your Fitbit or whatever fitness tracker you have, it's it's, it's just kind of like bioimpedance, you know, your body fat percentage. It may not be accurate, but it is picking up some trend. And if your trend is, if you have a baseline, which I've been using the ring for about a year. So it has a baseline of my body stats, my sleep stats, all those stats, and you see it drop both in sleep at HRV your recovery and all of that average 20 points, both 20 points less, something not good is happening. And again, when you, when you then have to like start pulling from other sources, when I need caffeine, when I don't generally, I could go weeks without it, love coffee, love the taste, but you know, there'd be weeks where I do deep nothing but decaf and I'm not like dragging through the day. But when you start needing those things, when you start having dreams of waffles, like, no, it's not worth it. Right. No, absolutely yep. not.
0: Great, valuable insights there. And it's not so much uh, like even the scale weight. We can look at things. Those first eight weeks were fantastic, got you to 154, even dipped to 152. Um, so I wouldn't say it's necessarily the weight that was the issue. It's just maybe it's been the length, the duration. Like, if we had stopped at eight weeks, got yourself back up to maintenance after that, how would things be from there? If you really wanted to try to push it even deeper, like just do things in smaller little stages. Yeah. Again, it's all it's all a learning mm-hmm. experience. We're all individuals here. How our bodies respond to cutting phases are, are different. Some of us are lucky. Like I feel very good. I'm, I'm typically very linear and predictable. Your body isn't quite as predictable, but yeah, you may respond better to those, just shorter little mini cuts and keeping things tighter, like within that, like the 154 to the 160 pound mark, maybe your sweet spot rather than pushing it up to 164 and have to do that extra little cut. Again, it's all learning. We're going to continue to learn. It's going to be exciting to get you back up to maintenance and then a gentle surplus and then play around with maybe shorter cuts in the future and just see where you are at. If it's even something that you, desire again to try to get to push it a little bit leaner who, who knows how things are going to change
1: yeah I mean I think you said it I think it is it is learning um learning those things learning those things because I mean we've talked about it in podcasts past that life is going to happen so even though on paper you may your schedule may look like the 15 golden state warriors and <laughs> You're going to win a championship and nothing's going to come up. Life is inevitably going to happen and you're going to have to adjust. And yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. Um, who knows? You know, who knows that? I, I think one thing that did happen, not blaming my wife at all, you know, and, and because I was starting to feel it like. It's difficult when you know, like nothing, nothing I did, I was waking up in the middle of the night and I would be up at, at least 30 minutes, some nights, two hours. And so knowing that's like kind of coming and you're doing the journaling, you're doing the meditation you're doing the walks. You're not, you're like, I would stop. I would literally stop caffeine at like all sources at like 9 AM in the morning. And just to make sure like I'm that far away, my last meal was like perfectly timed. So like digestion shouldn't have been an issue and you're still just like, just sleeping like shit and like nothing you're doing is is changing that well I mean it's really hard to say that when you look at overall you look at your lifestyle and I've always said we've had many conversations about I don't think it's generally one thing in isolation usually it's multiple things and it's really hard to like pull those details out and like it's it's like a jigsaw puzzle like could it have been the cut and you you think like logically well i mean 2200 calories isn't that low well, i don't know maybe for my body it was and exactly. and you start to pull those kinds of things out and you say well what's the lowest hanging fruit right well maybe it's maybe it's just that maybe like it shouldn't make sense but maybe in this case, it does. And maybe my body just wanted, I don't know, just needed more calories at, the, at right now in this period. And there's not like, there's not, <laughs> there's not like some clear cut answer.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I feel you. Which is, it's fun. It's all, again, always learning. It's all an experiment. And uh, yeah, we'll just take this this experience and apply it to the future experiences yeah. to make it even better and stop you short of any kind of suffering. And even though it was kind of, it was kind of a theme, it was kind of like, it's almost like the suffering. Like I'm doing something right. I've got to challenge myself If this. This is what testing my limits is all about. I've got to suffer. I've got to push through that suffering in order to become my best. And And really, I don't think that's that's the case for me personally I, I don't enjoy suffering at all i always thought myself short of that but uh again it served its purpose we learned from it and now we get to apply that to to future experiences. oh yeah
1: absolutely absolutely and i think had i not continued on i don't know that i would have i mean because a lot of the lessons have come in the like yeah. I I say the second part of the cut because I ended it, I decided I ended it like, and then it was like, no, this, my trip came up. That was, that date was set. And so it was like looking at things um, as the Stoics like to say, and I've adopted, um, you know, from a bird's eye view from above and kind of observed and, thought about the process and thought about the things. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just so much just depends on, I, I think, kind of what you have going on in your life and like family structure and, or if you're a younger dude or, or a female, just where you're at, where your situation's at. And I also learned the importance of having a why. Like I I think more now than ever in, in, in all things that you do, because it is when things get tough, you look back to that and you're saying, mm, okay, well, if motivation is fleeting and it's something that like, you just have to start to lean into the process you're saying, "Well, why why am I doing this?" and it's a little reminder to say you know, to steady your resolve and, and kind of clear your head and proceed on. And I think it helps you to not only see a clearer picture but like make less irrational decisions, make less um Not decisions on the fly, but like, um, just like off the cuff decisions where it it just doesn't seem to make sense or match what you have going on.
0: Right. Right. hundred percent. Definitely the, the, why, yeah, the driving force between why you're doing it and, and it's gotta be big picture. It's gotta be more than just looking good. And it's great that you've been kind of evaluating everything. Like, again, this, is it worth it? If it impacts my family, if it impacts my overall well uh, if it it impacts me living my life to the fullest, that's, that's a big deal. If you're like, all right, I want to get as crazy straight as possible to get on stage. It's a bucket list goal of mine. I don't care if I am look like I'm on my deathbed, feel like I'm on my deathbed. I want to achieve this for, it's, I've got to achieve it in my life. It's a bucket All right. Power to you. But if you want, if part of your why is I want to get lean, push my limits with my level of leanness while living my life to the fullest and feeling my best and still performing my best that, and, and enjoying, like not a huge interruption to my family experience as well, then that's, that's got to work. You got to always be evaluating those things in the process as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, and and I think too, uh, it can't I mean it's just all that you said. I think things we started to life has returned a little bit more to normal, where we're a little bit more comfortable going out, and um, you know, that's another learning lesson with like maybe banking a little bit more calories for the weekend, um, so it isn't an issue and. You know, playing around with that as far as maybe recovery is concerned and see if that affects things at all, versus because believe me, I would prefer to just hit the same calories daily. Mm -hmm. I think having to, like, it's like, okay, today's a high day and tomorrow's a medium day, and then I'm going to do two low days. I mean that like that gets annoying to me real fast. Yeah. And that's on the other end of the spectrum or if I just say and not even massive swings, just um you know, the 300 calories that my calories are going up 300 calories on Saturday.
0: Yeah. yeah, so I find like I've really learned over the past 5 years that yeah, like if I'm going to have a refeed day or bump it up, keeping it within maintenance is way better than in the past when I'd have like a massive surplus and then really have to dig deep the rest of the week to make up. It it'd take me the, the following five to six days to make up for that one day of picking out. That just, it, it worked for me at the time. I've shifted my preference to more consistent for most part. And then just if I'm going to bump up, if I need a day where I do need to fuel up a bit more, just keep it in control, keep it in check. And be responsible with that refeed and, um, and
1: then you may not even need to adjust the next few days because if it's, it's, well, that's what, I mean, I have been open and honest with you. And, and you know, that like, I I fully believe in transparency and it's not like, well, you know, we'll hear you come to find out like I snuck bites of peanut butter here and we don't keep chips in the house, so I can't sneak chips, but stuff like that, where you hit the nail on the head where the last like month to three weeks, it was like, I was needing five to six days. And then in that it's a like, okay, well, we're having a family movie night. And then we have a Cinco de Mayo and we're going out to eat. And uh, we're going to the neighbor's house. And it's like, it's just compounds where it's like, I can only cut so much pull from so many sources. And then it's affecting my training. I can't give everything, not everything, but I can't give you know the best to my training session. And so I think, I mean, that's just what happened to me the last, you know, month and all of those things, I'm fairly certain didn't help my recovery. There's just no way. Sure. And this was even with me still this year, even though my drinking's increased. I mean, I'm literally talking five alcoholic beverages this year. So it's not like, I'm I'm not like drinking a crazy amount or anything like five adult beverages. That's it.
0: <laughs> yep. You've done all the right things. No doubt about it. And yeah, still plateaued towards, towards the end there. So lots of lessons to gather from that. I think one question that we were asked on Instagram was uh, like the concern of after this cut ends, especially with how much your hunger was impacting you and you and I had a conversation Yesterday, I think it was, where you're like, the the vacation is actually easier for you to eat well and stay on point with your nutrition compared to being at home. Uh, Share a little bit more about that. Um, Yeah, I think I might be
1: a little bit more concerned if we were, I think being going on vacation is going to be an easier time because, I mean, to be quite honest, even when, (laughs) When I, when I, we just moved back to North Carolina and December. And when I got back here, my calories were actually at 3000. And so I was doing my best to hit that, even though we were out of a hotel. Um, of course I was guesstimating, but like with how we eat and. You know, the places we go to, it was literally, like I was spending $50 a meal eating out. So when we go on vacation, I'm not going to go and spend $150 a day to hit my macros. To right. So generally, I eat less on vacation, even though my food sources may be more dense to actually get into my calorie ranges with how I eat, you know, like ordering, what am I going to order? Three $17 salads to, you know, get my micros in? No, I'm not. So I'm I'm always, I think generally I come back like three or four pounds lighter from a vacation rather than three. And that's even adding drinking in. So it's simply because <laughs> it's just too expensive every, when you're eating out three and four times a day to actually unless i was just to go to like you know burgers and pizzas and eating foods that just i don't feel great eating consistently
0: right right so but but if if waffles are thrown in the mix there that's uh, that's going to be an issue waffles are cheap <laughs> but even <laughs> waffles for breakfast lunch and dinner there you go yeah i'll do it yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, I, I really appreciate you sharing this overall experience with us. Uh, I think we've, uh, many of us had gathered some, some really good, um, insights from your learning experiences and we'll continue to learn from, again, you getting back up to maintenance and a gentle surplus here, sharing those experiences and then down the road, whenever we have to do a little mini cut again, it's going to be much shorter, um, Just, yeah, continuing to learn from your experiences. So I appreciate you sharing this because I think a lot of others are going to really be able to relate to your stories. I know there's been many others who have commented about like that hunger feeling is real. (laughs) Like a lot of others, I haven't experienced myself, but there's so many others that have um, really experienced that the just unsatiable hunger. And that's even, you're not depriving yourself of any of your favorite foods or anything like that. Like you're eating a fair amount and eating- good fun foods here, but still that hunger, just, just nothing could, could satisfy it. So I just appreciate you being open about all of that. Cause uh, yeah, you've definitely related to a lot of our fellow boroughs out there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll end with, I mean, over the past couple of weeks, like I had been getting headaches, like going to bed, like literally, like I'm not starving. I mean, I acknowledge that, but like for my body, I was going to bed with headaches And like, no, I mean, that's not worth it when I'm not, again, if I'm going to step on stage and that's a goal of mine, I would attack it and I would deal with it. And I would Mm -hmm. let my family know and they would support me and I would do whatever I had to do, but I'm not stepping on stage. Mm -hmm. I'm not. And I would have been... A fine, you know, at 164, taking my shirt off and felt comfortable and like I was living my best life, stepping on the beach and at the pool and all of that. And so, no, when I'm going to bed with headaches and I'm waking up in the middle of the night, ravenous and again with headaches, I mean, uh, some people may feel like that's worth it. I'm not that
0: person. Amen, my brother. Amen. Well, I'm really looking forward to seeing some beach picks here. And uh, I hope you have yourself a freaking blast. You've you've really earned this. Um, it's just a, just melt all that stress away, come back feeling recharged, energized to attack this growth phase here and giving that your best. It's just your effort, your dedication, your commitment to this craft, this lifestyle inspires me. Um, so I appreciate you big time, my brother.
1: Yeah, same. It's uh, it's mutual.
0: All right. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. If you enjoyed hearing Aaron's uh, story here, please drop a comment down below. Share your thoughts, share your uh, feedback and insights with us. Any of your own personal experiences, we would love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please do us a favor and smash that thumbs up button. We'd really appreciate it. If you know a fellow bro who would benefit from listening to today's podcast, do him a favor and share it with them. And before you go. Don't forget to download your free guide, Jacked After 40, link down below. Have yourself an amazing day. Catch you in the next podcast.